Hi, I'm Mo, and I am not a number! I'm a man! <laughs> and I'm TJ, and by Mo's request, I'll now be recording with a bag over my head. And this is... It's still new to us, damn it! Welcome to It's Still New to Us, damn it! I'm Mo, he's TJ, as we just said, and we're here to watch every movie ever made to, keep, to impress people at parties. That's right, and get some girls. Yes! How are you today, Mo? I'm good, how are you today? I'm pretty damn good. That's cool. I'm ready to talk about a movie. Yeah. A David Lynch film. The movie. The movies, as That's people say. Right. Yes. We, we love the movies. The movies. Art. <laughs> Art. Cinema. Flash. Stars. Pizzazz. Yes. It is great. Maison scene. <laughs> Maison scene. Maison scene. Artus. Artus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody. Yes. Um, We're trying to work on a banister. We haven't perfected it yet. We yeah. Have not. No. No. Because, like, we could talk about our lives, but those aren't interesting because we're not famous and we don't know any celebrities or... You work for a mortgage giant and oh, I am yeah. a bureaucrat. That's true. There is nothing interesting to That's say. True. Should we say that? Or, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, they don't know which more. Give the people a look into the... Uh, yeah. You know, I guess we can say what movies is. we've watched recently besides this one. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. What have you been watching? I watched Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, the first of the... I think it's the Chang Wu Park uh, Vengeance Trilogy, which features Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. Oh, I've heard great things about Old Boy. Yes. Each one's different, I think. Um, this one was violent, but not as, like, kick-ass as Old Boy. You know, it was, um, it was about uh, a man who has to pay for his sister's kidney operation. Okay. But loses his money, so he kidnaps the daughter of his former boss. But right. he accidentally kills the daughter, and now the boss wants revenge. That sounds like a real problem. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully there's a solution in there. Yeah. And, uh, well, everybody dies. And third act. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. A lot of death. There's okay. a lot of death. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's one great scene where, um, I think he's the guy from Parasite. I think he was the lead, like, the father in Parasite. I think he was the father in this one. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. Um, he hooked up one of the girl, his girlfriend to an electric, to a chair, uh, licked her ears and put, um, like a car battery thing to her. Okay. Fires, and it started electrocuting her. That's fucked. Yeah, I know. Kind of creative, I guess, though. Yeah. I haven't really watched any movies lately other than this one. I've mm -hmm. been busy. I did, uh, find time, though, somehow to watch SummerSlam 2002 a couple weeks ago. That's great. That is, uh, a great one. Mm hmm And I finally finished Frasier. Oh, that's great. Great show. Yeah. Great show. In terms of 90s sitcoms, I, first of all, I can't believe I slept on it for so long. Mm -hmm. I found it to be one of my favorite TV sitcoms that I've ever watched. Yeah, I enjoyed good. it thoroughly start to end. And in terms of the 90s sitcoms, it sits just below Seinfeld to me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I loved it. Excited for the re uh, comeback? The okay. remake? <laughs> what is it going to be without John Mahoney, though? I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. It's just so weird. Coach Grandma's just gone through so much, like, especially... You know, like a hooker, uh, uh, sorry, a hooker bit his like nose or something, or like ear off or something like that. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. I'm pretty sure she bit something off or bit him. At Are least. you sure? Are you sure you're not thinking I'm, of Marv Albert or something? No, I'm pretty sure Kelsey Grandma got uh, bitten by a Jeez. hooker. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Or his girlfriend. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Maybe she thought he was tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah. My favorite. One wow. of my favorite Thirty Rock. Uh, Yes, sketches Frasier. is Black Fraser, where it's just like. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought you were talking about the one where Kelsey Grammer goes in with uh, Jenna and um, uh, Kenneth to scam a local ice cream cake store into <laughs> getting free ice cream cakes and then selling them. 
second hand and splitting the money. <laughs> it's so stupid. Kelsey Grammer goes into the store and says, I want 20 ice cream cakes that say <laughs> Frasier reunion tour. And the lady at the isn't it Frasier? And he goes, it's Frasier. And I should know. I played Frasier. <laughs> it's so good. So when the cakes come in yeah. incorrect, he goes back to angrily return them. Because he's supposed to say Frasier. <laughs> And they show they show the three of them sitting, uh, you know, behind the scenes counting their money, and they're like, and Kelsey goes, eight hundred dollars split between the three of us, and they toast champagne to it. It's it's great, <laughs> fucking great. That's a good one. But no, uh, I'll watch the reunion, but I mean, I have no expectations. For yeah, it. I mean, series ended great. I don't know if you ever watched. Yeah, I watched the all season, of it. Yeah, the series finale is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, definitely. Very enjoyable show. I don't know when I first first watched it. It was um. It was a long time ago, like back before streaming. I caught like a glimpse of one episode. Mm-hmm. It was the one where Niles and Fraser are stuck in the stuck in the garage because yeah. Fraser doesn't want to pay like the eight bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, no, he's holding up. I sure yeah. remember that one moment, and then when I rewatched it, I'm like, yeah, this is from the show. Yeah. Oh, so good. He's <laughs> yeah. holding up everybody. Yeah, and he's like late for work. Yeah. yeah, and like the end, it's like the guys calling about Fraser at the radio station. Yeah, yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. No, very very good show. Glad I watched it, and now I'm actually I'm doing it backwards i'm uh four or five seasons into cheers now oh, four seasons i think four seasons and it's been a a, a lovely ride mm-hmm. um but yeah that's really all i've been doing uh in terms of watching things that's cool yeah okay well i guess is that a sufficient banter people? i think that's just his banter you know you haven't right. really tell any heartfelt antidotes or funny yeah. stories but yeah. no one's into that right now yeah. we're here for the movies tj the film the, the magic films, the magic that's right so, One well, shining moment. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, why don't you tell people what we watched? We watched the 1980 film The Elephant Man. Directed by David Lynch. Written by Christopher DeVore, Eric Bergen, and David Lynch. Yes, and I believe... No, no. Um, starring Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs, and Meet Joe Black. The <laughs> That movie's like three hours long, Meet Joe Black. The Brad Pitt movie. It's insane. That is a long. It is way it's too long, long, and frankly. it's so bad and so slow. <laughs> uh, John Hurt, Midnight Express, and Heaven's Gate. If those who do not know, Midnight Express is the one scene where the guy, he's in like a like Yugoslavian prison or something, mm-hmm. and he like ceases to become human, and his girlfriend like shows his her breast on the window, and he starts just joking off to Classic. it. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. that's the only sensible thing to do. And Bancroft, uh, the miracle worker, and the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gurgug, G-I-E-R-L-G-U-D, Around the World in 80 Days, and Caligula. Oh. <laughs> yeah, one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> and Wendy Hiller, Pygmalion, the original, My Fair Lady, and How to Murder a Rich Uncle. All right. Yes. Okay, so TJ, why did you choose this movie? Well, I, again, I chose three David Lynch films that I had not seen, yeah. and I've always heard of this movie, and I knew it was based on a real person mm-hmm. that you know was severely uh, physically deformed, and um, I just had always known this movie had a reputation as one of the greats, and I just wanted to watch it. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've I don't know. I'm really I've heard of the Elephant Man, of course. I used to think that Elephantitis came from the Elephant Man, but I don't think that's that's true. So yeah, but yeah. So this is like David Lynch's 
Okay, that was I was trying. I don't know what that was. Ele- <laughs> I was trying to play elephant sounds every time you said elephant. Man, oh, really? And uh, that's the first thing that came up, but that does not sound. That like doesn't sound like an elephant. No, it sounds like, and we're no. just gonna pretend that didn't happen. So, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna leave it in, but yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. you know what? I, I will say I've only known about this movie. Obviously, it's most famous scene. I've only known about parody uh, it through parodies. Anyway. Yeah, there's the Seinfeld episode when he gets caught picking his nose and. He's called out for it later, and he says, I am not an animal. And, you know, when I pick, I bleed or something. And then my favorite homage is definitely Batman Returns when Penguin says, I am not a man. I am an animal. After he's been rejected by really? society. and de- Yeah, that's when he decides to take wow. revenge on society. I kind of rewatched that one. I know it's the darkest because it's like the most Burtonious, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's more of a Burton movie than a Batman movie, Yeah, but I love it. I love it. I love You've got Danny DeVito in the role he was born to play. Definitely. And frankly, none of those characters are comic accurate whatsoever in that movie. None of them. Yeah, because the Penguin's, like, he's supposed to be this rich socialite, right? Even Pretty though, much. Like, he just has some He still gets made fun of, but he's supposed yeah. to be, like, a rich socialite who Correct. has a lot of power. Yeah. And him, he's, like, I think, he's, he's still a socialite, but he's, like, even goes into darker. Well, he's, like, a, he's, his parents abandoned him, yeah. similar to the Elephant Man. And, oh, Wanda... I wonder if he was inspired by that. Well, I think that was the point. Oh, yeah, really? I think Burton did that. That was all intentional. But he's abandoned by his parents in the sewers, and he's raised in the sewers by circus sideshow acts. And it's funny. It's a recurring joke amongst the Batman fandom is that in 1989's Batman, the Joker, the clown villain, yeah. has mime henchmen, right? They're yeah. just like mimes. And then the Penguin in the second movie has circus henchmen. What? Weird. I know. It's almost like Tim Burton didn't read a comic book. He did not, no. I kind of appreciate but that. But he movie. was an auteur. He was an auteur, yes. and honestly, I love those movies, so yeah. I'm not even mad. But I'm pretty sure that Penguin's arc in that is, it's like a reverse yeah. Elephant Man, where mm-hmm. he's uh, somewhat accepted at first, but it's all face value, and then he, you know, instead of John Merrick in this film, who we'll find... is takes everything with grace and poise yeah. and is actually too accepting of the harsh treatment he gets. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot, on the other hand, decides that he's going to kidnap and murder all of Gotham's firstborns. Oh, why did you do that again? Why was, like... To get revenge Just on, get revenge, that's on it? Christopher Walken's Max Shrek character. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. He was put up for mayor. And it's a, I gotta, I gotta rewatch watch that movie. It's, it's I gotta a, rewatch it, yeah. It's a treat. Yeah, so this is um, David Lynch's second film uh, he directed. Um, first was Eraserhead, which is a massive cult hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like, I guess, his prove it moment. You know, just sure. like, okay, we'll give you some money. We give you the script. Show us what you can do. And it, it kind of worked. I mean, the budget of $5 million made $26 million. So, yeah. So, that's really impressive. Of course, Critical Darling nominated for a bunch of awards. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. And this kind of sets him off to, like, let him do whatever he wants, mostly. Yeah. I mean, of course, the next film after this is, um, is the one we did. Uh, Wild at Heart? No. The oh, uh, Dune. 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 Yeah, after that. Yeah. Dune. And then after that, he's just like, I think, like, he worked in the studio system. He was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This yeah. is bad. So then he, just, then he just does whatever he wants. Can respect that. Yeah. What a, what a transition from the Elephant Man to Dune. Yeah. Incredible. I was trying to figure out, like, what... The one guy was in both movies, Freddie Jones. Freddie Jones. Yeah, the yeah. guy that played Bites. He was in both. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, do you know how the the daughter of um, the guy who financed the film, D... What was his name? Oh, Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis, yeah, yeah. yeah. The daughter says, like, okay, I saw this movie. He's perfect to direct it. I was trying to figure out what... 
what she was like yeah and then i saw like the floating heads i'm like yeah it makes sense that's fair that's <laughs> yeah. actually kind of fair yeah which is weird especially. like that's the only thing mm-hmm. like it's like he, he can make floating heads yeah he can direct a sci-fi epic right yeah i know yeah yeah it's almost like someone saw hey this guy made a movie about a a demon who when you say his name three times he appears let's let him make batman yeah right yeah no yeah the parallels don't end yeah um of course saying like if you're a director who's made that's kind of the problem now with like marvel movies right like you directed like one i don't know like critical hit or something or a small time movie and then like you get a 400 million dollar movie now yeah yeah. it is fascinating isn't it of course, they do that so they can control the directors because they don't know what they're doing. So right. just like, yeah, we want to do this, this, and this. Yeah. So yeah. And then you'll have the occasional outlier where there's, um, you know, uh, oh god, what's his name? He just did Doctor Strange too. Um, uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah. You have Sam Raimi, or in the Star Wars case, you have Ryan Johnson come in and put their own spin. And these are guys that can't be controlled. They no, can't be controlled. Definitely not. And I love it to some degree. And I want, I want to make this note. I am actually rewatching the Star Wars movies. Okay. And I've had plenty of complaints about The Last Jedi and The the Rise of Skywalker particularly. And I want to clear the air because Mo always makes me out to be one of these people that, you know, threatened the actors online and said, (laughs) oh, this is terrible because it's got a strong female lead. None of that is true. I thought the production value was excellent. And I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan in general. I Mm -hmm. thought the cast was excellent. I just thought the movie was boring. And I thought it was just... Kind of, it took too many liberties within the Star Wars canon. Yeah. I was not mad that my theories didn't come true. Frankly, I love when I can't guess what's going to happen. True. You can guess what's going to happen. What's the fun in all that? Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, the subverting or diverting, subverting expectations. I just thought the movie was dull, okay? But I am rewatching the. I just finished Return of the. Well, I guess uh, a couple months ago, anyway. I watched the original trilogy. So I am going to watch the sequels. Right. And in a future episode, I will let people know what my thoughts on The Last Jedi are six years later? I think so, yeah. Christ's sake. So that's, okay, so the original three, then you got the prequels, Correct. then you had the sequels. Sequels were 2015, I think, 2017. Are you going to watch the, the side stories, like the solo and... Um, no, I watched yeah. them both. I liked them. They were fine. I remember one kid, um, what was the one what that was about the mission to get the plans for the Death Star? What was that Rogue one called? Rogue One. Rogue One. Some kid had a hat that said Star Wars, uh, Rogue One is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a very polarizing one. I actually like it a lot. I think I liked it. To me, it was like what Suicide Squad should have been. It was an actual Suicide Squad. That's true. And it was awesome. I thought thought it was great. Yeah. Maybe I'm not a real Star Wars fan. I thought it was damn uh, enjoyable. I, I think it's the best that. of the Disney ones so, as far as I can, as yeah. far as I remember. But. I'm all One Piece, baby. And hopefully the live action's good. Hopefully. Jesus Christ. Oh, they decided to take the never-ending manga, right? Yeah. And then turn it into a live-action thing? Yeah, eight episodes, like an hour and a half long each. Oda is in it, so the guy who wrote it, he's helping. Oh. Which is really hard, because it's really hard to make cartoons into live-action, which we should have learned by now, but we still don't, so... <laughs> Luckily, we've both seen Dragon Ball Evolution, so we don't have to watch it. I have not it. seen Dragon oh, Ball Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, boy. I'm trying to avoid that. I've seen the reviews for it. So bad. If you want to really be a hit at parties, you have to watch Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah. I just can't believe somebody just, like, greenlit that. Like, I know Kyo Toyama is just, like, he was out of it by then, but... It, Isn't it Fox, too? I feel like it was Fox or yeah, something. Yeah, it Jeez. had to have been, yeah. Anyway, enough sidetrack. Let's go on to what Elephant Man is about. Ele- what is Elephant Man, TJ? All right, stick with me, folks. This yeah. is detailed. So, the Elephant Man. 
London surgeon Dr. Frederick Treves discovers John Merrick, more famously known as the Elephant Man, at a local freak show exhibit. Merrick suffers from physical deformities so severe that he covers his face and extremities in public and must sleep in an upright position to keep from asphyxiating. Treves takes an immediate interest in Merrick, whom he examines alongside peers at the London Hospital. One night following a brutal beating from his manager, Bites, Merrick is admitted into the hospital under Treves' care. Although initially believed to be of low cognitive ability and deemed incurable by hospital management, Merrick proves that he is more than he's presented as he recites Bible verses from memory, develops a friendship with Treves, and even begins building a model of the cathedral he can see from his room. Moreover, several members of high society request meetings with Merrick, including theater actress Madge Kendall, who becomes the first woman in Merrick's life to show him genuine friendship and admiration. However, others around Merrick still treat him as a circus act, including a night porter who sells nightly tours of the hospital to local barflies. On one particular night, a vengeful Bites attends, and he kidnaps Merrick and transports him to Belgium, where they continue the Elephant Man freak routine, albeit to diminishing returns, as Merrick's health is rapidly declining. After a botched performance one night, Bites locks Merrick in an animal cage to die. Luckily, this cruelty is witnessed by some fellow freak show attractions, who free Merrick and set him off on a boat back to London. Upon arriving, a mob, of, uh, mob begins to pursue Merrick after he accidentally knocks over a child. They ultimately corner him, and he collapses to the ground after proclaiming that he is not, a man, not an animal, but a man. Shortly afterward, police return Merrick to the London hospital, where he has been granted permanent residence. His friendship with Treves resumes, and he's even the recipient of his standing ovation at a play he enthusiastically attends. Sadly, with his breathing becoming more labored by the day, Merrick knows he doesn't have much time left. One night, upon finishing his model cathedral, Merrick removes the wall of pillows on which he sleeps upright and lays down on his back. And in his final moments, he hears his mother comforting him, and in the end, no hilarity ensues. Okay. Would you agree I didn't find much? No, I didn't really find this funny. I found it somewhat sweet and then heartbreaking. You know, I was not prepared for just how much good would happen to him. Yeah. I expected it to be a lot more yeah. uh, rough to watch. Yeah, me too. And there and are some points, it definitely. Parts, yes. Like the one part where like they go in and they just like they spill beyond on him and then they force the lady to kiss him. Oh, yeah, that was that hard. Was, that, that was, was hard, hard to watch. Yeah, no, no, there, I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of ups in this movie. There were more ups than downs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so as a David Lynch movie, this is like probably the least David Lynch movie, I would have to say. There's some parts, like, for instance, the sound editing and the sound design is amazing. Mm -hmm. I find it great, especially the scenes where you see, like, uh, industry and like industry stuff like yes. that working. I thought those were amazing. Yes. Besides that, this is a very straightforward movie. Did some of the transitions remind you a little bit of Eraserhead? A little bit. It's been it's a while since I've seen this. It's well, not decades. I watched Eraserhead when I was a senior in high school, which yeah. is now a long time ago. Yeah. So it's been a long time, and maybe it's just the black and white reminding me of it, and mm. that's simple as that. But for some, yeah, like there are some interesting transitions where they show men at work or something like industrial. Yeah, and I don't know why they. Clocks and stuff like correct. that. Yeah. yeah, correct. And there seemed to be, maybe there's some. Did you notice some kind of theme about automation throughout the movie? Because in one of the opening lines, when Treves played wonderfully by Tony Hopkins, I'm gonna call him Tony Hopkins. Cause you know him. No, I just want to become a pretentious douchebag YouTuber. Okay. Tony Hopkins. Tony. In one of his first lines, he's working on a patient who got hurt in a 
workplace accident. And he, he says something about these damn machines or something like that. Is So I was preparing for like almost an anti-industrial message yeah. in the movie. But I never got one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really know what the message of the machines are. Like, mm-hmm. what could it be? Like, I, I'm trying to think like, of the elephant man, of machine working, of, of things like that. But I, don't know, I, just, I just can't find a connection. I got nothing. I got nothing, too. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, I don't know. And that sounds like bad commentary, but I will have a point later on. Okay. So keep that in mind. I didn't. I thought that there might be a theme brewing there, but it didn't amount to anything. Yeah. I was going to think of something. What, what are it? your first thoughts when you watch this movie? Well, when I first watched this movie, um, I don't, like, this is actually, like, the most straightforward Lynch movie ever. Like, is this, at first the beginning, I was like, okay, this is good. I really liked in the beginning... How it was like a horror movie where they didn't show him first, where they took several attempts, and then when the nurse came in, she screamed, and like, perfect. Got yeah. it. And then, sort of in the middle, got kind of tad boring. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like, um, John Hurt played a good, he, he's a good actor, and he mm-hmm. played this role really well. Like, of course, he was nominated and all that stuff. And then, like, once in the middle, when, like, the real drama starts to happen, then it starts to get good. Then you see, like, the sweetness. Like, when, when Anne Bancroft came in, I saw, like, oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see the story go on, like, when the actual trouble starts. Yes. Yeah. So, I was, like, I was not into it in the beginning a little bit. And then, like, once the ends happened, it was, like, yes, I'm into it. Sure. Yeah. I agree with you. I like the reveal, the initial reveal of him. Yeah. Uh, it was very clever, uh, especially after you've only seen him in his... You know, get up. Yeah, it's the silhouette portion. That yes. was really great. Yeah. Yes. It's great iconography. The poster of this movie is great because yeah. it shows that there's a mystery here. You know, what could, you know, what could be under that, that hood? And he almost looks like a movie monster, but he's, he, as a person, as a human, he couldn't be any further from no. In I fact, mean. if there's one fault of his, it's that he doesn't fight back against all yeah. this shit. Until he does. Doing. And that's the, that's the moment. You're like, yes. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But obviously he can't physically fight back. Yeah, exactly. He's so he's got so much, so many ailments physically that he can't really, yeah. Mm-hmm. He risks death laying down, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, so I brought up that industrial theme thing because this is tricky. Like you said, this is the most straightforward Lynch movie ever made. Yeah, there's no weird, like, things happening, no weird, no weird discussing stuff. There's a few things of note. Yeah, It's a sweet story. It's an overall sweet story that perhaps might not even have enough drama, enough going against this guy who's already got so much going against him. Yeah. I'm not not saying that I need, you know, I don't need a Passion of the Christ ritual where this guy's getting beat on constantly well that's true i think that's one of the main criticisms of like with e- like i read a review i don't want to hear what the critics say I'll, I'll not now not now okay later later because i don't i don't want my opinion tainted okay but i would also argue that not only is this the most straightforward of lynch's movies but it's one of the most straightforward movies i've ever seen and what i was getting at with that whole industrial thing and how it amounts to nothing is i didn't find any themes in this movie I didn't even find any social commentary in this movie. Really? You didn't think it was just like treat everybody equally? or was Aside like from that, but that's a little bit shallow in a way. To, to me, I couldn't... To me, I saw it as a story, just a story of how this happened, how this man was treated back in the 1800s. Now, obviously, people are still mistreated for things that are not their fault yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. It happens, it goes without saying. But I didn't feel like the movie gave any real effort or interest or attempts to 
make an analog to contemporary society. Okay. And it's only further compounded with the black and white. It looks like this is just a piece of history. Well, yeah. This was a man, uh, his real name was Joseph Merrick, actually. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't want to say the movie's shallow, but it almost, to me, kind of was. There were no themes. There was. It didn't tell me anything about you know, humanity or oh. how we treat one another specifically. To me, it was just seeing people's like, you know, things like if you grew up, if you grew up in an age where there's no internet television and, and you saw this man, you might scream yeah, because it's something you, it would rock your world. Um, so again, to me, it was almost like, yeah, duh, these people are mistreating him. I don't like that they're mistreating him. The night porter who's selling these tours of his, his room and they're ransacking his shit. I hate to see that. You hate to see that. Yeah. You want to see him fight back. Now, do you think that there's some commentary when the doctor is like presenting him to famous people? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that is, you got me there. Yeah. That is good. But again, it's resolved almost too easily. So that's why I didn't um, think about it. Because okay. like he learns his, you know, Treves agrees automatically. He doesn't yeah. really have any, and I don't need a montage of him reflecting on himself. But yeah, it's what the, um... One of the nurses says, "Yeah, one of those sure is like he's not still in the circus." Yeah, because you're just he's just rich people are just still afraid. The like, people are still afraid of him. They just want to keep company with him because because the famous actress talked mm -hmm. to him. Well, yeah. he's a novelty. They want to brag to their friends they've met the yeah. elephant man. Yeah. He's a something to do, um, and it's almost like a class thing. Yeah, no, there, there's truth to that. But again, it's resolved very quickly, and you know, it's it didn't seem to me like An uh, Treves, Anthony Hopkins' character, had a whole lot of internal conflict about it. He just kind of realized, oh yeah, I guess I am doing that. Mm. But he was still genuinely Merrick's friend. It's yeah. not like he was trying to make. Oh yeah, he just he just yeah. realized that I made a mistake and so he kept right. on going. Now, when you said it was, it did look like it was a period piece. Well, it looked like it was actually from the 1800s. I just said it was one of the positives of the film. Because this film, it does not look like it was shot in 1980. It looks like it was shot in like 1939 like or 1930s. 1930s. Yes. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying to me that didn't help it yeah. say anything about modern society. Okay. That's that's all I meant yeah. by that. It was a cinematographer was Frederick Francis. Mm -hmm. um, he's done, then he's done, he did Dune, um, The Straight Story, uh, Room at the Top, Sons and Lovers. He did the Scorsese Cape Fear. Oh, so he's very nice. well known. I don't know if he's like... Because I know Scorsese, he has like the same cinematographer all the films. So I don't know if he does a lot of his films. But, you know, I'm just looking this up now. But, yeah, really well, great shot film, Freddie Francis, of course. But. Yes, and that was that's easily one of the biggest strengths of the movie. Yeah. I love uh, how the... It does look like a movie shot in the 30s. I love, for instance, the end credits. Spoiler alert, the end credits are like an old-timey movie. Yeah. I don't want people to get mad when they see the the credits are like an old-timey movie. But yes, they're very, you know, succinct credits. Um, no, that's, that, that's a plus. That stylistic choice is a plus, by yeah. all means. Again, I just... I don't know. I need to think of an example of, but like you know, some period pieces they're so powerful. Yes, I was, the yes, the yeah, I was talking about. Um, I was thinking about that when I was watching the movie. It's like the one we watched. It was um, what was the one? Not Pride and Prejudice. It was a uh, Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like okay, things are happening. Mm -hmm. Like okay, this is good. Like okay, and it's then, a like, good movie. It's a good yeah. movie. Like yeah, okay, that's yeah. fine. But nothing like really substantial happens. I mean, we see. Him fight back from himself, and that's it. But it is kind of like sense, like a regular period piece. Like you yeah. just see what happens. We're looking at great things, or we're looking at very interesting things, and then that's it. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and again, there's nothing wrong with that per se. I just, I guess based on the film's reputation, I expected it to be more profound. Maybe because that's what we expect from David Lynch, you Probably. know, because we see Mulholland Drive and I was profound by that and I don't think I even understand it still, but you know, it's just, it's just like a walking nightmare. You just can't help looking from it. And this right. one was just a plain movie and you're just, you just, like, because we expect David Lynch is going to go all balls to the walls yeah. and like do some, do something to make us feel something. I don't feel like he made us do that until yeah. like at least the very end. Right. Almost. Yes. Keep in mind too, we did um we did also recently watch that wild at heart which is like yeah uh much different yes know. but that one doesn't have any heart like this one does this not like, at all yeah. it's the opposite it's got yeah. too much weird you know yeah. weirdness that's it's because we're sick decipherable <laughs> we're sick freaks yeah, i guess so yeah. that's right exactly yeah but uh, i think like this is the this is like a good example of early lens and like lens then when we watch wild at heart because like in the beginning because the ways ahead was weird, but it also was a tale of parenthood, mm-hmm. thing. And this one's a, about a, pa- a, a tale of a man who was abused. Well, actually, in real life, not really, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in this film, he was abused, and he was seen as a freak, and, like, he becomes accepted by society, finally, after all these years. And so mm-hmm. then, after that, it starts, I think after that, he starts, like, kind of turning away from, like, the sincerity of films. Because he did it once, and then he did Dune, which doesn't have any stereo at all. And then uh, Blue Velvet, which I think was his major hit. Mm-hmm. That's all about social criticism of suburban class and stuff like that. So I think then, like, then that's torn towards um, sincerity and more towards criticism. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Any particular scenes that stuck out to you or any besides that one scene um not that much i mean the one scene when um he's being like messed with by the by tit by bites that's his name yeah bits sorry bits bites bites bites, yeah yeah. bites that was impactful because so was like how humanity is still kind of trash to him even though he like he's almost gaining momentum but he's he'll still be considered the freak right yeah well he was bites his meal ticket yeah and that's that is i guess you could yeah, that approaches thematicism. I mean, I, I, it's obviously like a criticism on somebody making their living off of somebody else's, you know, appearance or, yeah. you know, just their nature, who they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's wrong. But again, in modern times, we know that's wrong. People yeah. still probably do it, but it's wrong. Definitely. Um, that is the thing. Like, there are a handful of scenes, and they're all beautifully shot. Yeah, they're all shot, very well acted. Sounded, um, acted. Yeah. It's all good. It's just not that memorable. You know, it's just... Sadly, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. I was fully uh, engaged with it the whole time. But afterward, when I was, like, trying to write down notes here, I was just like, what the hell themes are there in this? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I could look at They Shoot Horses, Don't They? And there's plenty. There's a yeah, lot themes, to capitalism. Oh, God, oh. yeah. Um, you know, this is, again, it's just a straight pretty straightforward story and it didn't really i think part of it is too it didn't really teach me anything about that time period that i wouldn't have already assumed yeah like i had you know you i know that freak shows were a thing back then and i probably guess i guess i just always assumed that the uh you know the actual performers themselves were probably exploited yeah and in this case i think that that he he obviously was 
I did love the scene when uh, Kenny Baker, aka R two D two. Yes, I knew he was. I knew. Aka one of the. Um, Is he one of the time, time bandits? bandits? Yes, yep. that's what I saved, thought. You know, him and his friends save uh, uh, Merrick from that cage. I hated when he got thrown in the cage. And yeah, and, and the all the monkey. Are, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hated that. Oh, that was sad. That was a bummer. But again, at least it was um, short lived. Yeah, he wasn't there long. And I liked that he went out on his own terms. What do you think of the end? The end, um, let's see, what did I think of the end? I mean... Like the last scene specifically. last scene specifically? When he finishes his I don't, I don't think I felt a lot during that scene, to be honest with you. I was just like, oh, it's over. And he died. He went out his own way, which right. is which is good. But I don't know, maybe it doesn't have the emotional impact that I thought it would. Yes. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because like the only emotional impact is that one scene where it's just like, he finally stands up for himself. Right. But this one, he... Just dies, and I, know, I think we had this problem with another movie too, right? He probably did. Yeah, I mean, he's he—it's kind of on the nose. He says, "I am finished." He's am finished, finished with his cathedral, uh, which is a real thing that he made. Yeah, which is pretty damn cool. That's cool. Um, but he just says, "I'm finished," and undoes his bed because he's got like that painting of the child sleeping. Yeah, and he wants to sleep like a normal person is kind of the implication, and obviously when he does so, it breaks his neck. Or asphyxiates him. Yeah, asphyxiate himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I would say, when I was watching it, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking last night when I was watching this movie. And I did feel something when he, when he did die. And then, I don't know, it just kind of went away quickly. Because like, when that, when the scene happened, was like, I am not an animal, I am a man. I was like, yes! Yeah. Amazing. Yes, finally. He stands up. And then he dies. And I guess I was, I was heartbroken. I would say that. I wouldn't say I wouldn't have felt anything. But... I don't know, and then after that, like his mom, like his mom comes again, or the actress, and the yeah. and you see her, and then it just ends, and then yeah, she the reads, death had an impact, yeah. but I think the death after the death this confused me a little bit because I had to rewind and say like what happened. She read, she reads. Uh, it is a quote from Lord Tennyson's "Nothing Will Die." Hmm. That's his last, essentially his last um, thoughts as he passes away. Now, like the. What do you think of the mother? Like, the mother's a character... Not a character in the movie, but she's like a looming uh, presence in his life. He has a photo of her that he carries around, right? Yeah. You never see her with him as a child or anything? No, because she abandoned... She got rid of him. Just abandoned him. He abandoned him, yeah. Um, So, he obviously still, though, he thinks very highly of her. Yeah. Um... Maybe because, like, I think he said one time, like, she's so beautiful, but yeah. I came out like this, and yeah, she didn't deserve that. So maybe she, he thinks that it's his fault that she okay, left. Okay, so that would actually make some sense then, yeah. because his whole life he lets other people trample all over him. Yeah, even Treves to a degree. I mean, not intentionally. Treves is genuinely his friend, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't tell Treves, hey, this night porter asshole is bringing drunk guys around and you no. know, drunk women and. Making out with them yeah. and shit, and he just well, never stands up for himself. Yeah, well, he thinks either he deserves it, or maybe he's afraid, because you feel like, what would he do? What would Bites do to him? So, yeah. Maybe, yeah, he's just, uh, I guess, yeah, he's just been conditioned to be docile like that. Mm-hmm. But he does show genuine intelligence, and uh, he seems like a, you know, just genuinely very nice, kind-hearted individual. More Definitely. people could be like the Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. What do you think of John Hurt's performance of the Elephant Man? He was really good. 
Just, yeah. to, I mean, just in a technical feat to act through that prosthetic, that's incredible. Yeah, it took a long time for him to put that on, but we'll get to that. Oh, God, I'm sure, facts, yeah. Definitely. I thought he was good. I don't know, I think I I, I put up in my mind, because I, cause I, one thing I've heard about Elephant Man before I watched this movie, that John Hurt gave an amazing performance of the Elephant Man. But, you know, I was, I was putting up in mind as this amazing, like, groundbreaking performance. And it was a very good performance, but it wasn't groundbreaking. Maybe I, I set it up too much in my head. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I watched it with subtitles. I Without having subtitles, I don't know if I would have understood the first few lines of his dialogue, truthfully. Yeah. Uh, did you watch with subtitles or no? No, I didn't. I forgot to do that. Were you able to understand him? I was him able to understand clearly? him, yes. Okay, yes. Good, good. Uh, no, I thought he was really good from a technical standpoint especially, but... Even Anthony Hopkins, I didn't think was exceptional. Yeah. I didn't think really any performances were exceptional. I think the only like, performance I can really think of is Wendy Hellas, uh, Nurse. She was good, that one yeah, scene. Yeah, she was good. She was good. The one bit of comic, comic relief when she yeah, hits passes. the night porter in the head, yeah. That was like a Three Stooges film. It was just like, it's like and then like, yeah, it was, cut yeah. screen, cut scene, yeah. And then she has like a James Bond type line where she's like, you're fired or something. Yeah. Like, after she knocked him out. But, um... Yeah, everything was competently done. It just wasn't as groundbreaking as I had always built this yeah, movie up to be. This film's like critically successful, most successful, and I guess it has been lost to time, kind of, because it's not really remembered as David Lynch's like magnum opus. You know, that's Blue Velvet, that's um, Mulholland Drive, that's mm. um, A Wild Heart, of course. But you know, not Twin Peaks. You know, Twin, yeah, yeah. So it's not really his like most well. well yeah, he's most, most well-known. And people do know The Elephant Man, but he's not, like, up there, I would say. I think it'd be, like, in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. And we'll get to the numbers. I'm sure you have them. I don't know how this movie did in theaters. 26. Yeah, I said 26 million. 20, oh, you said that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty damn good, eh? Yeah. It was, time, yeah, yeah. Five million budget, good. definitely. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Wow. I couldn't find where it was ranked, though, for some reason. That was weird, but... Yeah, it was, it was commercial success. Um, nominated cool. all over the place, but... Yeah, um, I don't have anything else, mostly. To be honest, we can get on to final thoughts. I, yeah, everything, nothing in this movie was as deep as I expected it to be, or profound. I would say, like, I did feel something, but I didn't really feel, like, so emotional connected to it. Like, I could definitely look at my phone sometimes and be like, okay, and just, like, look back on the screen. When I watched, for instance, when I watched Love and Mercy, I thought about that movie for days after. I, I, I wanted to rewatch it immediately. This one? Yeah. I, I liked it. I enjoyed the ride, but it's like Sense and Sensibility to me. I, yeah. I'm not going to think about this, or I'm not going to rewatch it anytime soon. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was very competently made and entertaining, but just not Think what next. I expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, everything is great. The makeup's amazing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Especially with John Hurt. I do feel like they kind of messed up sometimes. I feel like sometimes he did face changes. Like, not in, like, um... Uh, the English patient, where they made him look more handsome, like that. But yeah. it, I feel like they, I feel like they forgot sometimes what he looked like in the face, and so they kind of did it not quickly. But sometimes, but I think it's only like a few shots. I think of that. But okay. besides that, the makeup's done amazing. You know, the costumes, the designs, everything. The sound design's amazing. Once again, those scenes, those, those cut scenes of the automotive uh, industrial scenes, those are great. Mm-hmm. You know, those are Daddy David Lynch, and maybe that's why I like those the most because that's definitely the touch yeah, of David Lynch. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, this is a, a good film. Um, yeah. But I don't know, it didn't really stick with me. I guess I saw it. I don't know if I'll see it again. Probably, probably not. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like David Lynch wasn't didn't go full David Lynch on this one because I think this was his once again like I said his prove it moment that you can make a competent film. You have to do weird stuff. Yeah, you know, like how um, a simple plan with Sam Raimi's just like I can make a straight movie, no weird camera angles, anything like that. And a simple plan's amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, but this one it's also good, but I don't know. I just wasn't drawn to it like many others were back then. Yeah, yeah it, I, I think it's awesome that it was a hit. I mean, yeah. it's a good story to to know about. It's a fascinating piece of, you know, history, and it's nice that you know, especially for someone who was ended up with so many, you know, such an unfortunate life, that it got to end on a high note. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, that is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a nice story, and I'm glad that this was a hit and not a forgotten movie. I'm glad that David Lynch was able to continue his career and become David Lynch. Yeah. Uh, after this, that Definitely. that is nice. Yeah. Uh, did you give your rating yet? No. Okay, so, after all I just said, I guess those are my final thoughts. I would give this, like, out of six, give it a three. Three? Maybe a three and a half, I'll give it a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, this is an okay movie. It's good. It's well acted, you know, everybody did good. I love Ang- Bancroft's performance in it. She gave a real tender performance. She's my favorite, maybe. Yeah. Honestly. She was really great. Very good. Very radiant in yeah. black and white, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And did you know that her husband produced this? Yes, Mo Brooks produced Yeah, but he kept his name off of it. Kept his name off of it, yeah. yeah. Anthony Hopkins gave a good performance, you know, definitely. I did like the scene where he blew up on Bites. That was good. That was definitely that good. Was that, that's he... probably the highlight of the film for him. Oh, 100%, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, everybody was good, you know, but not the most memorable film ever, you know. No. Like, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, it's good. You can watch it once and you'll be fine, but, you know, I wouldn't return to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, many of the period pieces... I've watched, so... <laughs> yeah, agreed. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll get three out of six stars. Three? Okay. Three and a half. I'll go three. Okay. Because I love, the, I love the, the way it was shot and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, my, my final thoughts were, uh, overall, the movie's stylish. It's well-produced, well-acted, it's entertaining. But I was hoping that it would have some... I mean, it doesn't have really any social commentary that I saw, other than the obvious, be a good person and don't be superficial and don't, you know, use one another you know, for personal gain. Um, it seemed like instead of trying to show something about humanity or how we do treat each other in the present um, and just using John Merrick's life as kind of an example or an analogy for that, it's just kind of a strictly bio- biographical movie, yeah. no contemporary relevance. Um, again, it's... The movie was more interested in the story of his ultimate acceptance than exploring why the story is significant in a modern light. Yeah. Which is what I was kind of expecting. But again, on the whole, very well made. I was entertained by it. And I gave it the same score you did. Three and a half out of six. All right. We agree again. One of these days, we're not going to agree. It's one of I these know. days. One of these days, I'm going to give the movie like a four, like a six out of six. And one of these movies, one of the times, it's going to be like one. I know, I did relent, unfortunately. I, I should have stuck with my uh, rating of, uh, what was it, that I, Wild at Heart, I think I had a lower rating on than I and that ultimately yeah. went with. I, I showed it some mercy. Mm-hmm. You know what the problem, you know what I'm, I know one critic, you know, criticism of critics sometimes is that obviously you don't want them to rate everything a seven, right? Yeah. You don't want to rate everything a seven. But my my view on art is anything that I'm watching is better than anything I've ever made. Yeah. So I try and find something in it that's of merit. That's now, there are some movies that are just, I mean, fucking awful. True. But uh, I'm not going to apologize for my 
seven out of tens or my three and a half out of sixes. Yeah. I can apologize for it, people. That's right. We're going to fight the system. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You got the torch. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I got to rewatch that movie. So good. Okay, so that was our opinions to see what everybody else thought about it. Yes. So this is, well, everybody else, I mean, Roger Ebert, of course. Because. Yeah. It was the best. It was the best. I gotta admit, I agree with a lot of things you say. So, Mm -hmm. I was surprised. This continues the Ebert versus Lynch debate. Can I guess? Yeah, I was gonna. Okay, guess. I bet he doesn't like this movie. Okay, what do you think? How many stars? How many stars? He does out of four or five. I would. He does out of four. Okay, two and a half. Two. He gave it two stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Which I was surprised by. Wow. Which yeah, he does not. I don't think he likes David Lynch at all. I don't. Maybe. Even this is like the, the most straight movie he's ever made. This has story, which I, I think he I, I think he loves. Mm-hmm. He does. I don't think he likes David Lynch. I just don't Maybe. think he likes him as as a as a director, his style, or anything like that. I think he's hit him if he saw him on the street. He, yeah, a folding chair. Definitely. Yeah. So um, so this is like a little bit of summary, but this is what he says in his review. Quote, the elephant man forces me to question this position on two grounds. First, on the meaning of Merrick's life. And the second, on the ways in which the film employs it. It is conventional to say that Merrick is so hideous, mis- misformed, that he was exhibited as a sexual attraction, was courageous. No doubt he was. But there is a distinction here that needs to be drawn between the courage of a man who chooses to face hardship for a good purpose and the courage of a man who is simply doing the best he can under the circumstances. The film's technical credits are accurate, adequate, as we said, yeah. Adequate. John Hurt is very good as Merrick, somehow projecting his humanity past the defiguring makeup, and Anthony Hopkins is correctly aloof, and yet Vernal as the doctor. The direction of David Eraserhead Lynch is competent, although he gives us an excusable opening scene in which Merrick's mother is trampled by trampled or scared by elephants or raped, who knows, and equally idiotic closing scene in which Merrick becomes a star child from 2001 or something. You know what? The ele- the opening elephant scene was bizarre. Yeah, it was the bizarre, The ending yeah. one, I could understand. That was yeah. fine. Definitely. And yes. Once, yeah, once again, Roger Ebert proves how much worse everyone else is at criticizing yeah. movies. Yeah, because like, that's basically what we said, but we gave it a higher rating because yeah. we like the David Lynch stuff, and he does yeah. not like the David Lynch stuff. Hey, he earned the clout. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I mean, he won't value of the dolls, so who do we say? That's right. Yeah. Or was it beyond value of the dolls? I always forget I think it's beyond the value of the dolls. Yeah. I gotta get that criterion. They had a flash show. I got um, Night of the Living Dead and um, Thief, the Michael Mann movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. That is cool. Okay, the awards for this season. The Oscars. The most important awards of all time. That's right. Yes. Um, this was nominated for, I think, nine Academy Awards. Um, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, John Hurt, Best Adapted Screenplay, because this is based off a book and a study. Uh, best Act Art Direction, Stuart Craig, Robert Cartwright, Hugh Scarf, which I think it should probably won. I don't know who was nominated else for that, but Art Direction was amazing in this movie. So it was the Costumes, uh, Best Costume Design, Patricia Norris, Best Film Editing, and V. Coates, and Best Original Score, John Morse. And also, the maker was so good on this that the, the pe- but they was not nominated, but that's because there was no award yet for Best Makeup. Okay. So yeah, next year, yeah. next year they made the best makeup just because it wasn't nominated this year. So the reason best makeup is around is because of the Elephant Man. Okay. Yes. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, it is deserved. Yeah. I think this has the record for most nominations without a win at wow. nine. I see one. Yeah, I think this has one, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, or eight. Yes, so that's the most nominations wow. had a win. Best picture for that year of 1980 uh, was when a, or, this is the ordinary people year. So this was the Raging Bull year that oh, Raging Bull probably yeah. should have won. Even though Ordinary People is probably a very good film, very well acted and all that stuff. I haven't seen it. But, you know, even if I haven't really seen Raging Bull either, but I know Raging Bull probably should have won that Maybe year. Maybe a good season is uh, Oscar winners that we haven't seen, Best Picture winners. Yeah, that's true, yeah. History, that time forgot. Yeah. Uh, also nominated uh, Coal Miner's Daughter, Sissy Spacek movie, really great. The Elephant Man, Raging Bull, and Tess, the Robert uh, Roman Polanski film. Mm-hmm. Uh, best director, Residence was nominated for. That was Robert Redford's year. Was Ornate People, which I I don't agree with that. I think Robert Redford. I don't think there's any interesting things in Ordinary People. I know I haven't seen it, but I don't think that's like he deserves an Oscar for directing. I mean, the, it was well acted, but like visual wise, I don't think it was that interesting. Probably. Yeah. Of course, I don't know. I've seen it. Yeah. At least that, that at least should have gone to Scorsese. The Academy hates David Lynch too. Yeah, that at least should have gone to Scorsese with Raging Bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If right. David Lynch was number two, number one should have been Martin, but he wasn't. Um, Richard Rush for The Stuntman, a movie that's forgotten from time, and Roland Polanski with Tess. Um, best Actor, uh, John Hurt, The Elephant Man. He did not win. Um, Robert De Niro won. Uh, I must have messed that up. Sorry, I put the green Santini, but that was for Raging Bull. Uh, John Hurt, The Elephant Man, Jack Lemmon for Tribute. Jack Lemmon, I feel like he's been in everything. <laughs> Him and Tony Curtis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they... Yeah. Definitely Iron Man. Definitely Iron Man. And Peter O'Toole for The Stuntman. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe not Best Picture winner. They definitely stick on the Raging Bowl. Best Director, I'd say maybe. Maybe. If Scorsese for Raging Bowl wasn't in there, definitely, but definitely not. Best actor, yeah, I think Robert De Niro definitely deserved that for Raging Bull. Like, oh yeah, I think John Hurt gave it a good performance, but I think his performance is definitely the best of I would his agree. career for Raging Bull. I would agree with yeah. you. Yeah, top ten films of 1980 were Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. All right, that was number one. Number two was Nine to Five. Number three is Stir Crazy. The uh, hmm. I know that movie. It's, um... I can't say that that's familiar. Yeah, who's the comedian? It's, um... Guy from Willy Wonka. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder and Richard... Not Richard Kind. Uh, Richard Fryer, yeah. Richard Kind. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great movie. Richard Kind. ever mistook Richard Kind for, uh... Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, number four is Kramer vs. Kramer. Good movie. Yeah, one of our movies, yep. Yeah. Number five was Any Which Way You Can. I believe that's the... Uh, Journey song. Any which way you can. No. That's the way you should. Any which way you can. <laughs> that's the that sequel. Song. That was the Clint Eastwood uh, monkey movie. That was the sequel. Oh, yeah. Nice. Any Which Way But Loose. Uh, number six, Private Benjamin, which is good. I saw it. it. wasn't like a laugh out by it. I thought it was, but it was still okay. Seven, Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal... <laughs> but Coal Miner's Daughter. The cola miner's daughter? I put cola miner's daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a cola miner's daughter. <laughs> Better than a cola miner's daughter. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cola miner's daughter, yeah. number seven. Number eight, Smokey and the Bandit 2, which proves if you have book rentals in a car, you can make money. That is unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit 2. I've seen Smokey and the Bandit 1. I was like, it's okay. Good. It's, it's fun. good. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Number nine. The, sequels, the, Blue Bro- the Blues Brothers, number nine. All right. And number 10 was Ordinary People. 
Okay. Yeah, so it was top ten. I don't know what this was ranked. I don't know. I couldn't find it on Box Office Mojo, so I don't know. That is weird. Yeah. Because it obviously did well. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I think it would have been in the top 20, at least. Was yeah. it, like, released limitedly or something? No. I don't know. I know it was, like... I don't know. Yeah. So, let's go to the fun facts. Um, like you said before, Mel Brooks produced this movie. Well, his wife's in it, so obviously. Mm-hmm. Chose to keep his name off this movie because people thought it'd be a comedy. Yeah. And not a David Lynch film, be a Mel Brooks film. Um, David Lynch was a woofer when he was... When he was got a chance to direct this movie, yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, elephant, the Elephant Man makeup took seven to eight hours to apply each day. Two oh hours to remove. God. He would arrive. Uh, John Hurt would arrive at five a.m. and shoot from noon to ten. It would, he would alternate days. Uh, the makeup artist Wally Snyderman described it as one of the hardest pictures I, he had to do. And there were 14 pieces, not including the head. They had to apply exactly every day for continuation. And he, you couldn't mess up. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Like I said before, many were appalled that the makeup was not honored in some way at the Academy Awards. So they then made best makeup category next year. Sure. Makeup for it. So that was like, I think that one, like, posthumously, you know, like they gave, they, they gave the award also to the Wizard of Oz, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Although that is that is some some BS because I know for a fact that the guy who did the makeup for Planet of the Apes, the original one, yeah, the Academy gave him a special Oscar. I think that that's year. what they said. They should have gave him like a special Oscar. Yeah, they or should have. Yeah, but now they made it this like a regular Oscar nomination. It was an excellent makeup. makeup. I wonder, I wonder if there's any production stills that show it in color. Did we look? Did you look that up by no, chance? No, I didn't. Don't worry about it. I was just curious. I'll look it up later. Yeah, I think that's also given one. I'm not sure though. Um, followed the death of the real Joseph John Merrick, uh, parts of his body were preserved for medical science study. Mm-hmm. Some of his organs were kept in jars, and plastic casts were taken out of his head, arm, and foot. Uh, some of them were destroyed by German air raids during World War II. Uh, some of the, the cast survived and is kept at the London Hospital. And the cast and like the, the designs for the makeup were taken directly from the casts. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking of his body, I, I meant to bring this up. Yeah. Why did they bring up his genitals in the beginning? I guess it was just because it was like to show the freak. You know, you got to show everything. So I was just like, okay. Because I was trying to figure that out. It was like Chekhov's gun. I was like, are his genitals gonna come into play in the third act somehow? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So there yeah. was just yeah. It was just oddly enough, his genitals are perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Yes. I guess if you're a doctor, that would be fascinating. Yeah, because right? it's still like, why is he like is this? So you have to yeah. show everything. So. That's a good point, I guess. Yeah. yeah, okay. And yeah, I guess it does kind of hammer down the theme that uh, Treves is also kind of treating him like a... Yeah, just like though. a test subject. At yeah. that point, it is worth noting that Treves thinks he's an imbecile. I think that's, that's the word true. he uses, is an imbecile. imbecile. Yeah. idiot. Yeah. He better be. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mel we called David Lynch was not prepared for the bit of cold of London. He didn't have a good coat to wear. Uh, he is not able to adapt because he ate Bob's Big Boys every day until he finally found a burger place and he ate oh, there every nice. day. Yeah, so good for David Lynch. Yeah. I love him. Uh, in real life, uh, Tom Norman, uh, who was who played the caretaker of... the, He was the head of the carnival freak show. He was not a bitter man. He was not a brutal drunk. Um, he was well-respected showman and founder of the Temperance Society. He and John were... Fr- he and Joseph were friends and business partners. Uh mm-hmm. 
Norman paid all of Maverick's expenses and split their earnings 50-50. So yeah. he was not a bad guy. Yeah, and I was going to get into that a little bit. Or That is worth noting, is that in real life, Joseph Merrick had a lot more agency. He was actually kind of the brains at first, or it was his decision to go into the show business, right? Oh. As far as I remember reading. Yeah. He did extensive research on Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, that is good to know, too. I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. John Hurt, or Sir John Hurt, kept the head after shooting. Uh, yes. I saw it in a cup in a cupboard in his house. When somebody broke into his house, uh, they didn't steal anything. They opened up the cupboard and the guests ran away. They were so flippant. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Definitely. That's funny though. Yeah. Uh, it's the only picture, best picture nominee that did not win any Emmys, uh, not win any Academy Awards. Sorry. And of course, the opening scene of the mother being attacked by an elephant is not real. His deformities are caused by birth, not by. His mother being stomped by an elephant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they took a lot of liberties, it Definitely. seems like. But Definitely. that's okay. You have yeah. Yeah. Makes the story more interesting. Definitely. Okay, so that was the fun facts. TJ, what are the actual facts? Well, what could Sure. Be so facts? I have some <laughs> facts about Joseph Carey Merrick. Joseph Carey Merrick was born August 5th, 1862, in Leicester, to Joseph Rockley and Mary Jane Merrick. Joseph Carey Merrick died April 11th, 1890 at the London Hospital. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, all righty. Um, do you want to get on to the next segment now? That's it? That's no, all you have to say? That is all I prepared, but that's okay. okay. Um, like you said, um, yeah, so like I said, anyway, he was born in, it is Leicester, right? That's how it's pronounced? I think so. Sorry to our English friends. No, we beat them in a, in a war, so fuck them. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, um, that's right. USA, USA. You mess with the dog, you get the you get the horns. No, I fucked it up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, um, interestingly, interestingly, oh my God, interestingly, yeah, Joseph Merrick uh, actually was born normal. He was born oh. a healthy baby. There was no indication that he would have any abnormalities. And it was sometime around his, his age five, actually, that he started developing lumps in his skin that yeah. looked somewhat like elephant skin. Um, <clears throat> and his mother didn't actually abandon him. She died when he was 11, it seems. Mm -hmm. uh, again, this is all from Wikipedia, so you may read it at your leisure if you choose. Um, but it looks like she died of scarlet oh no that's her that's his brother he had a bunch of siblings they oh. also it seems like had some pretty poor that would be interesting here. then about the siblings of the elephant man <laughs> yeah i mean again it, this the movie makes him out to be like kind of a mute yeah person who was taken advantage of his whole life mm -hmm. but it sounds like in real life he was actually a little more savvy and like didn't really present as much like he was a mute or yeah. you know an imbecile so to speak um treves when treves met him and examined him with the other doctors he definitely thought that you know his cognitive ability was not all there yeah and did slowly learn that he was a lot you know he was an intelligent man yeah um but also um would you say tom norman that was his uh manager's yeah. name yeah um when treves met with uh american tom norman and asked can i you know take him in for examination they both agreed yeah so it's not like he was you know he had to pay off the manager to yeah. use Merrick for studies or whatever. So he had a lot more agency. He was openly more intelligent. 
And it was indeed his idea to drop out of school and go on the road as a, you know, a circus act. He mm -hmm. figured it was the only real way to capitalize on his condition. Does it say he was really cool at parties? Anyone? <laughs> probably cooler than us. Yeah, definitely. He can probably do party tricks. No, man, you saw yeah. the way he was slinging tea with the yeah. society folk. That was, uh, I'm sure he was. Uh, probably sure do card tricks. Probably do card tricks. I'm sure he's a lot more entertaining yeah, than we probably are, is. Honestly. You know. Um, probably has a better podcast, too. I'm sure he would have if yeah. he existed in a time when podcasting was a thing. Uh, so, yeah, around five is when he started developing the abnormalities. But he still stayed in school until he was 13, and that's when he, that's when he ran away and, uh, you know... His mother had been dead for a while at that point, and his dad didn't really show him any Emotion. affection. Yeah. yeah, so he ran away. He took a job rolling cigars at first, and then, you know, the deformity in his right hand was getting worse and worse, so yeah. he couldn't really do that. And then he was looking for work on the street, and eventually, again, met Tom Norman and uh, started doing the sideshow stuff there. Yeah. Um, I think I heard somewhere he had to get surgery to open up his mouth a little bit so he can speak clearly. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. It didn't really take too well, but eventually Treves learned to converse with him, and I think a few other people yeah. probably could too. But yes, he did actually get surgery to help him enunciate words better. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that would have been in 1882. Yeah. So it made it easier for him to eat as well. Yeah, so... When he died, he didn't actually die in the film, like the way the film presented. Right? No, no, he didn't. He, I don't think he just. I think he died of like pneumonia or like. Oh no, he died of asphyxiation. He's yeah. Still, but I don't know if he actually laid down after finishing his uh, yeah. masterpiece, and then, uh, you know, it, essentially in the movie he commits suicide. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know if there's any indication that he actually laid down like that. Um, to, I, I mean, he was already dealing with uh, COPD, I think. Yeah. Or at least in the movie, that's what they say it was. It was COPD. Uh, so his death in the movie is obviously very poetic. He yeah. finishes his cathedral and lays down and passes away. There's no indication that he actually purposefully took his life in, in actuality. But he was apparently found laying down uh somewhat you know more horizontally than he usually would yeah uh treves himself actually performed the autopsy and interestingly enough although the official cause is asphyxiation treves i guess labeled it a broken neck ah so i don't know i don't know if there was some significance in that or if treves was just an idiot who knows who knows um but yeah, that's that. If you want to read more, you know, obviously there's plenty of it online. Definitely, and, you know, it's cool that someone like you know someone that his life is so well documented. That's true. And frankly, he he seems like he's more savvy about his career than I ever was. True. You kidding me? Mm -hmm. I might be a little better looking than the guy. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. looks are subjective. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. But I'm glad that uh, that you know, I'm glad that he made a mark on history. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. Definitely. It's more than I can say. I forgot, didn't Michael Jackson own his bones? Or was that a rumor? Uh, that I don't know. They're in a museum in England. Oh, okay. Or they're in the London Hospital, actually. Oh, cool. On display, I believe. That's cool. Because I'm in the music video for, like, um, the one about him in the media, where it's like, Michael Jackson owns Alpha Man's bones. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. That would be nuts. But no, as far as I can tell, it's still in the hospital. Okay. That's cool. Well, that was all the real facts. About he had a... Okay, I just found this. Sorry. Right. He did... 
he did attempt to buy the bones uh, from the London hospital. Oh, okay. So he did not own yeah. the bones. Got it. Apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is a rumor, though, that, rumor. that he tried to do that. Okay. Interesting. So those are all the wheel facts. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get on to the games. Dun, 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 dun. All righty. We're going to debut a little segment here. We we did a movie quote game in the past, and if I remember correctly, you failed miserably at the end. You had yeah. a perfect round going, and then you failed. But I have faith I believe in you it was Friday the 13th, part 6, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. You very, very incorrectly guessed Friday the 13th when it was obviously Friday the 13th, part 6, Jason Lives. Oh, Jason Lives. Yes, correct. Takes Manhattan is part 8. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that'd be Takes a Boat. Cause correct. It's on boat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrendous, horrendous film. True. Just the worst of the movies, which is saying a lot. But anyway, I have procured 10 new quotes for today. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, and uh, you can have up to, I'll give you, I'll even give you extra time. You can have up to 10 seconds to answer these if you like. All okay. right? Okay. So, you let me know when you're ready, and we can begin. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so a couple episodes ago, well, several episodes ago now, we did a movie quote quiz where I tested your knowledge on movie quotes, and you did pretty well. You did duff it on the last one. You mistook like a... Like a, an imbecile, you mistook Friday the 13th for Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, but that's okay. Damn. We're giving you a shot at redemption today. Ten quotes ten from ten different movies. You have to tell me what movie they're from. Straightforward enough, correct? Yes. Do you, you're going to have up to ten seconds to guess. Okay. All right? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Quote number one. Hey, kid. Money ain't everything. Vision Quest. Well done. Quote number two. Hold on to yourself. What's the matter with you? I think I remember this. It's uh, the the French Connection? The French Connection. Ladies, he is available. Yes. The French Connection indeed. All right. Quote number three. And I I don't give you any cupcakes, but everyone knows this one. So a lot of pressure. Got it. Look closely at the cell structure. I know this is from Superman. I forget which one, though. Um, you know it. I'm going to say Superman for the quest for peace. Back-to-back hack. Gene Hackman, that is. Nice work. Thank you. All right, quote number four. This is not good. It's a tough one. It's been said in so many movies. Mm-hmm. But which movie is it said as this is not good? I'm just going to guess. I don't know, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation. Ding, ding, ding. Nice work. I am on a roll. You are on a roll. All right. Quote number five. Just leave me here. I'm not the one you want. I think this has something to do with robots. Remembering robots from that line. Definitely. I'm going to say Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines. Terminator 3, Rise of the... I thought I could shake you with that one. You got the robot. I'm surprised I remember these lines. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready for the second half now? Yeah. Quote number six. All I want now is a little grandchild. It's Pokey's Revenge, man. Duh. Who doesn't know, Who that? doesn't know that? I've God, watched that movie for this show, such yeah. A, such a great movie. <laughs> such a great movie. I fucking love, I love it. Pokey's franchise. All right, yeah. excellent. All right, quote number seven. Why don't you go back to Massachusetts? I'm going to say do the right thing. Do the right thing, that's yeah. Right, that was, yeah. That's a very Spike Lee line. 
Yeah. Why don't you go back to Massachusetts? You yeah. Can just I can feel that. Spike Lee in that. That's a Spike Lee joint right there. Definitely. Very nice. Definitely. Excellent. All right. Quote number eight. Well, Dublin has a very rich history. All right. This one's it's going to go back a little bit. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. It's been a while. You Is know it, it, though. I think, yeah, I think I do. Is it Quackshire Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx? Quackshire Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. This man is I mean, who doesn't know that movie? It's, it's like oh, I've it's seen it a, a million times. That's it's, an instant classic, yeah, man. Oh, definitely. I watch that once a year, every Easter. All right. Quote number nine. Okay. Two left. Quote number nine. Didn't I ever tell you about my hemorrhoids? Obviously, from the classic Microwave Massacre. Microwave Massacre Who doesn't know it is. Who doesn't know that movie? Only, Midnight Movie Classic. Only babies. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Okay. Okay. Mike. Yes. You can wash away the, the failures of the past. Got it. One more movie quote. Got it. <sighs> quote number 10. Got it. Okay. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, can you say that one more time, please? Yeah, of course. And I'll give you 20 seconds for this. Okay. Quote number 10. You're a wizard, Harry. Can I have the year, please? Yes, the year is 2001. 2001, I was six years old. Harry. It has something to do with Harry, definitely. Harry's in the name. That's right. I got it. I got it. I need an answer. Got it. Harry and the Hendersons. No. Wasn't no. Harry and the Hendersons? It was not Harry and the That's Hendersons. That's the only Harry movie that's out there. I don't know what else is out there. It was actually, and this was kind of unfair of me. I shouldn't have put this. I, I'll just... <laughs> so, atomic blast happening, TJ? <laughs> no, it was actually from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Oh, yeah, Stone. those things. I forgot yeah. about those. I don't read, so I don't know what those are. Yeah. Also, that's... don't know what books are. Hey, you know what? I just know the word book. That's it. You'll get all ten next time. Son of a bitch. Well, I gotta go back in the cage now. That's, it. That's okay. So, hey. Oh, well. Nine out of ten's not bad. Yeah. It's a better grade than we gave the movie. That's by, true. By percentage. Yeah. That's true. Definitely. Well, next week, final week of uh, season three. That's right. Well, not next week. It's probably going to be three weeks from now. Even though I want to do it in two weeks, but I forget to text you, and that's three weeks from now. I am not taking a summer <laughs> class this year. Okay. So, summer will have more time. We can we can bang these out yeah. a, lot, a lot more rapidly. Definitely. Hopefully we do that. The last movie of season three, Moonlight. Moonlight. One of the best movies of the 2010s. Some say the best movie of the 2010s. I thought this was a, a series, though, on Disney+. Plus. With Oscar Isaac? No, that's Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Moon Knight. Well, good. I'm glad okay. you cleared that up now. Yes. Okay. So, Moonlight. So, do not watch Moon Knight, TJ, and ex come in and be like, I saw Moon Knight. And I was okay. like, no, Moonlight, TJ. <laughs> okay. Yes. I will I will watch Moon Knight. Light. Moon. Moonlight. Light. Yeah. Okay. Not Moonlighting. Not the 19... Henderson. No. Not Moonlighting. Not the 1980s uh, sitcom starring uh, Bruce Willis. What about that separate. French film with the moon with the face on it? Is that what it is? No. What the hell was that called? That was a... Uh, Fly Me to the Moon? That's Rocket, Rocket to the Moon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, I'll watch Moonlight. Moonlight. Yes. Okay. okay. And this was considered by Vulture the greatest movie of the 20s. No, this was like out of consensus out of like a top 10 films I saw on a multiple list. Mm -hmm. This film was on it. 
all like on all of them, okay. but maybe not number one. Some, some of them were, it was number one. So it's a consistent heavy hitter for the decade. Yes, definitely. Okay, for definitely. The greatest and has the, the second most memorable Oscar moment. Oh. Yes. The first one being the slap around the wall. Oh, you're talking about with Warren Beatty's dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, Moonlight. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be the last episode of this season, and hopefully it's a banger. Hopefully it's a banger, and hopefully we get to look at more freaks, because that's what we like to do. I don't think we say that about this movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I it's about a gay man in the black gay man south. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be a pretty serious one. I yeah, think. I don't think it's going to be a, a freak show. <laughs> any, any fat people falling? No. Damn. Man getting hit by footballs? No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I uh, will give it an open mind watch. Okay. All right, well, I'm Mo, and I am a number. I am not a man. And I'm TJ, and I'm going to take this mask off. No! Okay, after you leave. Okay, that's fine. Okay, bye, everybody. Let's have Bobbitt Mitchum play us out. See ya. Adios. And I'm just going to play this just for the fun of it. Okay. It was still recording somehow. WWE did not deserve yeah. Jim Ross, honestly. Definitely. Okay, let's have JR play us out. Bye, everybody. Oh, that See ya. Great. Well, we're recording still, so yeah, we just did. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate us. If you don't like this podcast, then get out of here! Get! You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, Facebook at It's Too Near Us, and Twitter, it underscore damn it. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy next time.